This is Tom Fox. Welcome to a special five-part podcast series, Integrity Matters, Culture, Training, and Compliance, sponsored by K2 Integrity. Over this podcast series, we will break down corporate culture, compliance training, and communications. Topics include breaking down the big picture on culture, espresso shots of training, skills development and regulatory changes, tailored and risk-based training, and operational aspects of training. In this five-part exploration, I am joined by Kobe Bambilia, Managing Director at K2 Integrity. With more than 15 years of global experience with complex Bank Secrecy Act and anti-money laundering compliance, sanctions programs, and regulatory enforcement actions, Kobe helps financial institutions meet the challenge of complying with BSA regulations, OFAC, and the Patriot Act, and assists those facing regulatory enforcement action. He helps financial institutions adhere to regulatory consent orders that mandate review and enhancement of AML compliance, BSA, OFAC, sanctions, policies, and procedures. He implements remedial actions and helps companies comply with consent orders that mandate transaction monitoring program lookbacks. I'm also joined by Tina Rampino, Associate Managing Director at K2 Integrity, where she manages and oversees multiple financial crimes compliance training engagement with the firm's global clients. During her career, Tina has developed extensive experience managing the training elements of regulatory remedial efforts for financial institutions under critical enforcement orders. Prior to joining K2 Integrity, she was the Vice President and Head of Compliance Training at Commerce Bank AG New York Branch. She was also Vice President of Compliance and Communication. In this episode three, I'm joined by Kobe Bambia to discuss the intersection of meeting compliance skills development and regulatory compliance. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. And today I have with me Kobe Bambilia, Managing Director for FCRM at K2 Integrity. Kobe, first of all, welcome and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Thanks for having me, Tom. Pleasure to be here. Kobe, I've really been intrigued to visit with you about skills development and an equally important topic of meeting regulatory needs. And you're a former in-house compliance professional and you have experience as a prosecutor. So you have a really unique perspective. I'm a lawyer, but I was always on the civil side of things and you guys just think differently than we did. Nothing wrong, it's just different. But I wanted to ask you to really with your unique background, I don't see that very often in the training realm. So I wanted to ask you, how has training evolved uh, in the minds of regulators and why is that important for uh, K2 Integrity clients and customers? So Tom, thank you for the question. And I think that to fully answer it, it would be fair to start from the basic concept of training. And what do I mean by that? If we look at any regulatory guidance, both here in the US or abroad, like FATA, for example, training was always, right from the start, considered by the regulators as one of the pillars of BSA compliance program. And I believe it means a lot when the regulators and enforcement agencies decided to use that specific term, a pillar, because it demonstrates how important training is to every financial institution. And it is a guarantee that every regulatory examination will review that aspect. 
Because like a pillar, this vertical structure, which is used as a support for the building, the same way training is to any compliance program. Uh, Tom, I can tell you that as a former in-house compliance officer, I, uh, that the more trained your staff is, and I'm talking about staff in general, not just compliance employees, the easier, the, the more they train, the easier your job as a compliance officer will be. I used to tell the relationship managers at the banks I used to work for that, yes, I'm the compliance BSA officer of the bank, but at the end of the line, each and every one of them is the compliance officer of his or her account and client. Because let's face it, who knows the client better than them? And therefore, it is up to me, compliance, to provide them with the appropriate tools so in turn, they will be able to perform their duties. And the method in which you provide such tools are of course through robust and comprehensive training program. Uh, something else that I've noticed, either as an in-house compliance officer or as a consultant assisting many financial institutions, is how important it is for the financial institution to consider on an ongoing basis, the regulator's expectations for skills training and let's say a word about this important piece. What do we mean by skills training? So increasingly, regulators are looking at the skills and career path of bank employees. In other words, Tom, do the employees in their specific roles have the right set of knowledge, skills, and expertise to carry out their compliance responsibilities? Of note, we are not talking just about compliance-related roles, but business-oriented roles as well. For example, private banking, loan officers, tellers, trade finance employees, correspondent banking department, etc. The examiners will sample and check what experience and skill such employees have and what type of training they have received. So to conclude that point, thinking critically about whether the employees in key roles possess the right set of skills and expertise should guide institutions as they develop the training program, especially the long-term ones. Kobe, do you have any examples you could share with us which really brings these almost dry requirements to life? Yes, Tom, as a matter of fact, I do, but maybe before I start telling it, I should say to our audience, don't try it at home. And I'll explain in a second, uh, what do I mean by that? So one of the banks I worked for had more than 13,000 employees. So yes, Tom, maybe if you're comparing it to the really big ones, it's not a lot, but believe me that this number of people bring its own challenges. Now, we all know that compliance-related trainings are not the only ones uh, the employees have to take as part of their jobs. For example, we have HR-related training, uh, such as cause, cause of conduct, we have safety training, investment training, credit training, data privacy training, cybersecurity training, and so and so. And we found that in average, there was about one online training every three weeks or so. And one of the challenges we faced is how to make sure everyone is completing the training. And again, in this example, we're talking about the online courses. So I, was very proud that when it came to compliance related training, 
we got 93% of completion, which by the way was the highest by far comparing to the completion rates of the other trainings. But at some point in time, our regulators were keep asking us, so what's the deal with the other 7%? Why they did not, they did not complete it and what you are doing about it? So we explained that we have a process of reminders in place to the employees and then to the respective managers. And when you talk about so many people, you can expect to have some who will not complete or pass the exam. And that completion rate of 93, 94%, which the examiners said it was good, but not good enough, became an issue. And we understood that it must be dealt with and sometimes you have to take drastic measures to demonstrate that you mean business, that you are serious about compliance and serious when it comes to addressing the regulator's expectations. So what we did, uh, we went to the board of directors and suggested that every employee who did not complete the training will suffer a one third cut of the annual bonus. Uh, we got the green light from the board of directors we of course communicated throughout the bank and numbers went up to 97, 98%. And to show that we mean business, we did impose that sanction on the remaining two, 3%. Now, Tom, needless to say, you can only imagine that I was not very popular at the bank at that time, but we did achieve what we aimed for because next year, not surprisingly, we reached 100%. And when I say 100%, I mean it literally. 100% every single one. So my point, and I guess this is what I said at the beginning, don't try it at home, is not suggesting now to all our audience to do the same, but simply to illustrate how sometimes we have to think in an unorthodox way. We need to shake the foundation a bit in order to demonstrate how serious we take compliance-related matters, including training, because it all counts at the end. And maybe just to conclude that point, one more example I can share with you in the audience is that we recently performed a CSA, a compliance skill assessment for a client, a bank, in order to respond to a regulatory recommendation. The recommendation, Tom, asked the bank to provide justification that the employees in the compliance function had the right set of skills needed to perform their respective roles and duties. So it's something to think about and be prepared for before your next examination. Kobe, do you think finding solutions for workarounds or even the lack of participation has gotten easier over time or is it something that you feel is, is really still a challenge? Yes, absolutely, I, I see the change. So first, I believe that with the right approach, employees can be educated that training is not a form of a punishment, but actually a very valuable tool which can help them do their job right. And very important, keep them out of trouble. Because let's face it, no employee whatsoever wants to be in a position where they breach the law or regulatory requirement not because God forbid they intended to, but simply since they did not know what they have to do. I always told the employees on every occasion that compliance is here to protect the bank, the client, but also to protect them. And knowing through training what they have to do will keep them safe. Second, today we have better system for e-learning. 
and training solution that can ensure people are actually taking and completing these trainings. Uh, the system today can track, check the number of tries for passing the exam, and even send reminders. For example, at K2, we have Dolphin, which is a learning platform and online interface that offer comprehensive continuing education, training, testing, and certification. And third, let's remember what my colleague Tina said in the previous podcast. We may want to think about a model which implements a bite-sized training, meaning not necessarily a whole day or a week course, but something that can fit within the regular workday. And this is even more applicable in today's environment where most of us are working remotely either in full or in hybrid mode. Kobe, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I was wondering if our listeners wanted more information on K2 Integrity, your role in training, or, or even the Dolphin uh, platform, where could they go? So to learn more, please visit our website, uh, k2integrity.com, or find us on LinkedIn and Twitter. And Tom, I'm looking forward to speaking with you again on this topic, and thanks for having me. Well, that really leads into how I wanted to end this podcast, because I hope our listeners will join in when I continue my conversation uh, with Kobe around tailored and risk-based training. I look forward to continuing the conversation. Thank you for joining me for episode three of this special five-part podcast series, Integrity Matters, Culture Training and Compliance, sponsored by K2 Integrity. I hope you will join me tomorrow for episode four, where I continue my discussion with Kobe Bambillo, where we discuss why tailored and risk-based training is so critical in the current regulatory environment. For more information about K2 Integrity, check out their website, www.k2integrity.com. It's also listed in the show notes. This special podcast series, Integrity Matters, Culture Training and Compliance, is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network.